What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Promenade Merchants Podcast, our 48th episode. This is an independent, completely free Star Trek podcast. I'm David Majors. I'm joined by my fantastic co-host, Heather Kirby. What is going on, Heather? What is up, David? Oh, um, there's so much excitement in the air. I'm just I, really. I've, I haven't heard anything. Uh, What's going yeah, on? I, 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 I mean, you know, I, I'm just excited after watching Jared Leto vampire shit. Like I said online, you know, so. <laughs> Jared Leto and Matt Smith vampire shit. By the way, because you know that just makes it doubly the fun. So. Oh, is he in Morbius too? Uh, yeah, Matt Smith is the antagonist in Morbius. Oh, oh good for him. Yeah. Good for yeah. him. Uh, it seems like various incarnations of the Doctor find their way to being villains in superhero movies. Yeah, I'm okay with it. So, good to see uh, all of them getting work. But we're not here to talk about Marvel movies or Doctor Who, because I would be completely lost. <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about Star Trek, everybody. This is a Star Trek podcast. And, yeah, I don't know if you know this or not. There's a lot going on with Star Trek right now. We, we kind of talk about it a lot here on this podcast. And let's just jump in, because... We're going to talk about Discovery. We're definitely going to talk about Strange New Worlds. And there's that whole Mission Chicago thing that we're, we're both excited See, about, right, Heather? you said Discovery again instead of Picard. We're oh going to talk about God. Picard. I keep saying Discovery. I, j- I just woke up from a nap, everybody, right before we started recording. I probably need to go back to sleep. We're going to talk about Star Trek Picard continuing season two card. So let's get started with our old business, where here on Promenade Merchants, we talk about everything from Star Trek. In an old business, we do everything from The Cage till the Kelvin movies. Uh, and we'll start with something that Heather reminded me of with this particular time of year. Uh, Heather, it's April. It's April. It's about to be April... F- it's about to be April 5th, yeah. and that is a pretty significant day for Trekkies. I mean, and, and yeah, I'm pretty sure this pod- this episode will be released April 4th, so right before April 5th. Uh, but yeah, first contact day, you know, it, it, it's kind of, it's so much fun in a fandom to have like your own holiday. <laughs> you can all kind of celebrate like when you look at star wars everybody celebrates may the 4th because they want to say may the 4th be with you and so in star trek it's april 5th which is uh now i'm gonna apologize ahead of time because i'm kind of tired this weekend too and i did not write this down but i did not write down the exact date or the exact star date year whatever you want to call it Um, that the Vulcans landed on Earth. But they landed on April the 5th in Bozeman, Montana. And, you know, it's just a a, a fun day to celebrate. And I love that over the past few years, like, the Star Trek marketing team has really dove into celebrating First Contact Day. So much so that they decided 
when they changed their official convention companies that they were going to start holding the convention, their official conventions the weekend of or around First Contact Day. I mean, I think that's just awesome to really dive in and celebrate a day that we all have loved and look forward to for years. So question for you, David. When the actual year comes around, which is like horrible because I didn't remember this, but you know, me and you and me will probably be in our 80s or whatever. If we're still alive. I just looked it up. I just looked it up. It is 2063. Okay. So in 2063, which is, yeah, about, well, no, we won't be in our 80s. We'll be in like our 70s, late 70s. Okay. Uh, In 2063, when we're both in our late 70s, are we going to go to Bozeman, Montana on April the 5th? I'll try. (laughs) I'll definitely try. Uh, Given that I will be in my 79 to be precise, I will be 79 years old then, and if I'm still around, and maybe by then, it has become a big thing to celebrate First Contact Day. Uh, and if there is a gathering in Bozeman, Montana, sure, sure, I'll try and make it. How about you? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be a few years younger than you. I'll be uh, 76, 76 yeah, so I I think as long as I'm still kicking, my my 76 year old butt is going to go to Bozeman, Montana to celebrate with a bunch of old and ancient Trekkies. <laughs> what I really hope is that there are still things in the Star Trek franchise happening in 2063. That there, there's still new Star Trek happening. You know, I I think there's a high possibility that there will still be new star trek happening in 2063 and that will be the coolest part of the whole thing i'm looking forward to it i really am now that we've talked about first contact day we've got a lot of new business there is a good amount of new business this episode uh, enough to fill a podcast of its own so let's jump in with star trek Picard, as we continue on with season two, uh, episode four, Watcher, uh, Picard and Agnes uh, p- learn about the connection to the Borg Queen and are making their way back in time to change the future that Q has showed Jean-Luc. Uh, and they are looking for the Watcher. Uh, Heather, h- how do you feel about this episode, Watcher? Well, let's see. This episode contained uh, the Rafi and Seven car chase scene, which was amazing. Um, It contained uh, the interesting dynamic, what growing dynamic between the Borg Queen and Jurati, which I I am actually very much invested in. Uh, It also contained Young Guinan, who is amazing. And I'm madly in love with her. And it also revealed um, Orla Brady to be the Watcher, which is an interesting twist and makes you think there's something unique going on with Laris and Picard at that, which I, I, I don't even know if we will get revealed by the end of the season. But 
that I think that's an, an interesting dynamic as well. So I really love this episode. I, I'm just I'm loving season two of Picard in general. Frankly, like it, it, it's turning into like the season of fierce ass freaking woman, and I love it. Okay. I cannot get enough of every single one of these women. They are all fantastic and exciting and just make me want to see more every single time they are on screen. And I love it. I really do. You you still like Rios, right? Well, yeah. Rios is there he's, but he's he's okay right it, it, he's he's okay I, I'm, I'm i'm here for the women i'm uh i, I ain't gonna lie I'm, I'm here for all the women that's awesome that is awesome uh i am still very amused with how rios got into the mess with immigration and how he managed to <laughs> nearly get deported uh, that that was just there is a lot of comedy, kind of unintentional comedy throughout this season so far that that I'm really enjoying. There is some some levity, some comic relief in this up ep- in this episode and the next one that I, I'm really enjoying. I think that uh, this series needs that because uh, so much of what is happening with all of these characters is so intensely serious uh, seven of nine she's so intensely serious all the time rafi is a, a well of emotions as is gerardi uh, and the borg queen is this malevolent overseer of all of the things that are happening and now that we're seeing what's happening with potentially uh, jean-luc picard's ancestor renee uh, I, I find that some of those brief moments of comedic relief are very, very welcome. And I, I'm okay with how things are going so far. I'm I'm enjoying season two of Picard much more than I'm enjoying season one. So I'm I, so far so good. So far I'm I'm enjoying it more than the last season. And it was cool seeing a younger Guinan. Uh, I made sure that my sister uh, did watch as well because she and my mother were both big Guinan fans. And I think Guinan in this timeline, uh, showing what being on Earth in this time period has done to her uh, until Picard came along, uh, I think that was very, very poignant. I think that was very profound. And... I think that the stories they are telling are it's starting to unravel and it's starting to get a little bit more interesting. And I feel like uh, when we see episode five, fly me to the moon, uh, it gave me an inclination of what's going to happen. I feel like we're figuring out what might, what this season's overall story arc might come down to. And I'm kind of excited for it. Uh, Episode five, fly me to the moon, Heather. Yes. Uh, The supervisor Talon, uh, Orla Brady and Picard are tasked with watching over Renee Picard, who's going through some very difficult emotions while she's getting ready for the Europa mission to go into space. 
And by all accounts, this looks like what might be the event that affects the timeline. Mm -hmm. On the other end, Q, who is in this timeline as well, has come across Dr. Adam Sung. Yes. I'm going to say something that I might be a little controversial. The Sung family. (laughs) They're kind of jerks, by and large, aren't they? Well, they're all played by Brett Spiner, so yes. Yes, they are. Are we saying... Are we saying Brent Spiner's a jerk? Is that what we're saying? Well, no. Brent Spiner is a brilliant actor who is very good at playing a jerk. That's what I'm saying. Cool. 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 Yeah. So, yeah. We'll take that. They're all jerks. And they all seem to look like one another somehow. Uh, Genetics are amazing. Uh, Dr. Adam Sung is a geneticist who is trying to find a cure uh, for his daughter's disease that essentially makes it impossible for her to exist on earth for all intents and purposes without some kind of protection. She can't breathe external air or anything. It's just, she, she's completely, she, she is completely uh, repulsed by the actual earth. And if she's outside, she'll die more or less. Uh, He has been searching for a cure for this disease, and he has lost all funding uh, because people are thinking that he might be a bit of a mad scientist. Huh, the Sung family being a little bit out of touch with science and going a little crazy. Huh. Well, I I, I mean, we got to mention how they found a way to work uh, Issa Briones in there as... Uh, Adam Soon's daughter. <laughs> so Data's daughter is now Adam Soon's daughter <laughs> in this timeline, which I thought was perfect. <laughs> I did ask the question on Twitter, uh, where's Soji in all of this? Uh, I did ask that question. And then uh, Issa Brion has showed up as Dr. Soon's daughter. I was like, huh, okay. Yep. I-, I guess that's where they're going. Okay. Now Q, the bastard comes across dr sung and offers him a vial which he says contains the cure to his daughter's illness it looks as though very briefly she is cured after getting injected with the vial that q gave dr sung it was brief however and she nearly suffocated after being outside for a brief amount of time. She got to swim in the pool. She got to be outside in the backyard for the first time ever, seemingly. Mm-hmm. And then she almost died. And then Q, the bastard, decided to make something of a Faustian offer with Dr. Sung and mentioned the name Picard. Heather? Yeah. Yep, I was that 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 was my point. Oh, okay. Um, you mentioned the name Picard. <laughs> okay, I wasn't quite sure where you were going with that, but yeah, uh, he, he, yeah, I, I, I mean, clearly Q has his 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 plan, and it involves uh, Renee Picard. So I, I, no, I'm still it, not quite sure how exactly he's going to unravel this. I, plan I feel like. What, I feel like I'm starting to put it together a little bit. Uh, I think that he's going to find a way 
to use Dr. Sung to stop Rene Picard from getting on the space expedition flight. Uh, he's going to try and find a way, and he's going to offer the cure for his daughter's illness as a reward. Uh, it's it's going to come down to a choice. Yeah. And what choice will Dr. Sung make? Uh, that will change the course of history as we know it in Star Trek. I'm interested in seeing what will happen there. I'm interested in seeing how that will go. I think we all have a general idea of what is going to happen, but I'm interested in seeing how they get there. Uh, because now the crew of La Sirena is uh, watching over Rene Picard, Jean-Luc's ancestor, with the Watcher. And she is at a celebration party before the space mission. And now we're seeing what's going on there. There was one thing, Heather, that I wasn't quite clear on. Mm -hmm. and, and I'd like to ask you on this one. Um, Agnes Girardi, she got captured on purpose. Yes. Um, I guess that was, was that the part of the plan that uh, when Jean-Luc said, you have something along the lines of, you have exactly what we need for this? Uh, I I'm not quite sure what he meant by that. Um, was Gerardi used as bait because of who she is? Or was this Gerardi's intention? I think that part, uh, I kind of missed it. Uh, no, she, I don't think it, it, it was intended like that because her, her whole plan is to hack their system so it doesn't flag the rest of them. And in order for her to get access to the system, she got captured and contained in the security area, which is where she's going to have access to the system at. So it was her way of gaining access was to get captured. Right. Okay. All right. How do we feel about the Borg Queen inside her head now? Um, well, props to everyone who called that. <laughs> I, I was skeptical about them fully going there. But yeah, the, there was a lot of people who called that. So um, I, I, I think... I think ultimately it's going to be beneficial to Gerardi to have the Bur the board queen in her head. I mean, clearly they have a decent relationship, at least working together. And Gerardi's mind is a pretty good match for the board queens. So it's going to be interesting uh, to see how they work in this situation together because this is that I think this is the secret part of the entire thing. Like Picard and the rest of the crew have no idea that the board queen is basically in her head <laughs> because they thought she killed her. <laughs> so uh, this is going to be the interesting part of the, the dynamic there is that they they don't know about this side of her and what's going to happen when they find out. I'm just going to go ahead and say my first thought when I saw that happen. Uh, it was more along the lines of frustration with Agnes Girardi. Because in season one, she did something really egregious. And now in season two, she 
did something really egregious and allowed the Borg Queen, for all intents and purposes, to escape from captivity. I'm starting to get a little bit tired of Agnes Gerardi and her, oh, I'm awkward and I don't know what to do and oh, I'm messing this up and I'm, I'm going to do this and, and, and it's bad. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit tired of Agnes Gerardi. Either she, she needs to suffer some consequences for some of this or this all needs to be wrapped up in, in some kind of way because... I really didn't like her kind of acquiescing to the Borg Queen and kind of allowing her to manipulate Gerardi to to her whims now. I don't like it. And, well, it, and it, it reminds me I, it, it reminds me of season one. I don't think that's the case here. I'm not gonna lie, I don't think that's the case because I mean we when we look at the start of season two, like Gerardi is drowning herself in alcohol because she is having issues dealing with the fact that she did a lot of shit in season one and didn't really get adequately like she didn't really have the best consequences that didn't really get any consequences that came from that so she's blaming herself and I feel like this situation with the Borg Queen like she thinks that she can manipulate her, the Borg Queen. I don't think it's something where the Borg Queen has taken advantage of Gerardi. I think it's something where Gerardi is trying to prove that she can have the upper hand in this situation. So it, it will, I, I, I mean, it could go either way, but I, I think it'll be interesting to see see which way it goes because i don't think it's something where the board queen is fully manipulating her like especially when she she pulled the coordinates from her mind like that was something the board queen did not expect you know and so she's in a situation where she does feel like she can have control over something that's a lot more powerful than her and she's embracing that. And so it it's yeah, it 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 could go the way you're saying, but it could also go my way. I think it's about 50-50. So I, I I'm I'm hoping it's not as it, it's actually not as bad as it looks. I hope you're right because this is yet another thing that Agnes Gerardi did. That just seemed to really, really cross a line for me. And I I have a problem with it. I'm not sure I'm okay with it. And I'm not sure I'm so quickly to forgive her this time around and give her a pass just just because. Um I would say that I'm interested in where that goes, but I I don't have a lot of confidence. I don't have a lot of confidence. I'm not I'm not entirely interested in the back and forth between Gerardi and the Borg Queen. Uh, I'm I'm interested in some other things. I felt like the Borg Queen was already a good enough antagonist in this season, and I feel like having Gerardi tied to the antagonist again, eh, I, I don't know how I feel about it. But I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm I'm willing to let it play out. Um... 
What do you think about Renee Picard so far? I, 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 now she's the, oh, I, I, I don't want to say this wrong because I get what they're trying to do with Renee Picard, but I'm not quite sure that they could handle the discussion about mental health as well as Discovery has. So she comes off, she comes off as very weak to me. And she should be, on paper, she should be a very uh, fierce character. A strong woman. A, a fierce, strong, independent woman. Yeah. And and she mm. she comes off as very weak and very, like, she's the one woman, the woman, the one woman in the series that comes off as very weak and manipulative. Or, man- <clears throat> I can't talk. Manipulated. <laughs> So I, I'm not quite sure what to think of that. I'm not really um, on board. I don't like the fact that <coughs> I don't like the fact that Q has manipulated her so easily. Um, it, 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 and I mean, maybe just Q has a a very great effect on people with the last name Picard because he manipulates Picard like a tin drum. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I, I really haven't seen enough of her yet to make it a, a, a very good ju- judgment, but just based off of this last episode, she comes off as very, very weak to me. I have seen Renee Picard. And when I heard Jean-Luc, uh, talk with Talon about her, uh, the point of Renee dealing with anxiety and depression, uh, that really struck a chord. Uh, and Picard himself said, depression humans can be debilitating. Yeah. And it's a miracle that she can survive it. And Talon made the, the point that she might not be surviving entirely. Having serious bouts of depression can really warp who you are as a human being. It really, really can. And it can warp how you see the world. It can warp how you see yourself. And it seems as though she is going through a great deal of internal struggles uh, because she has something very big in front of her. And on one hand, She's a skilled pilot and everyone knows it and she knows it, but sometimes that level of, sometimes you just can't be so self-confident. You need something to reassure you because there is that little thing inside your head that can creep in and, and plant doubts in your head and plant fear in your head. And it seems as though... That is what Renee Picard is fighting. She's fighting something inside of herself that is, uh, according to Talon, it might be winning. And it's no fun when the depression is winning. Let me tell you, it's no fun. I'm I'm interested in seeing what they do with this. Um, of course, mental health is a thing that has been brought up uh, a couple of times uh, in recent incarnations of Star Trek. Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, most notably. Uh, 
the case of depression and anxiety is something I'm very interested in. I know that Patrick Stewart has had a hand in the creative direction of this season. I'm wondering what he might have been involved with in this, uh, because I know this is something that he's talked about personally in, in his past. I know he's had some internal struggles himself. I think that to a certain degree, uh, in season one, when I saw Rafi's sort of internal struggles with addiction and her family being disconnected and, and the emotional strain all of that was putting on her, I think those things were done well enough. So I am willing to give them a chance to see how they handle Renee Picard because... Uh, Depression is something that can really warp your sensibilities as a person, and I want to see where they take it. I, I, I mean, uh, like I said, that's why I hesitated to really speak on it a whole lot. But I also feel like I, it, it, it's one of those things where, like, if it was a character that we knew and loved, and it, it would. Have more of an emotional impact on me because it's a brand new character. It it's it's not coming off with the same weight and care like I think it should have. If that makes any sense, this is, it absolutely does. And I actually talked about this earlier this morning. Uh, I got to be a guest on a on another podcast called Giant Robot FM where we talked about Mobile Suit Gundam, and there was a character, kind of a minor character, that died in the series. But I made the point to say that while this character might not be important to us, the viewer, uh, they are important to the characters we know. So to that point, uh, it's supposed to have some significance. I don't think we're there yet with Rene Picard, but I think we will. Uh, they obviously made this character and cast her for a reason. I, I think that she's going to be more than a one or two episode character. That that's what I think. Um, I don't think they'll mess up the timeline too much, but I can definitely see them going somewhere with it. Uh, I think this is only going to be maybe the the first chapter of an arc in this season of Picard. Uh, I'm I'm interested in how they handle it. I'm interested in what they do. I don't think that they will do a terrible job highlighting her her internal struggles. Uh, so far, what I've seen, it's been okay. It's been okay. Uh, I am interested in seeing how far they're willing to go with that. Uh, I I I I will just say I need to see more, <laughs> and yeah, leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, I I need to see more. Um, I think Q is a dick, and uh, did you call the phone number on the Q card? I did. Okay, <laughs> I definitely did, and it. I I heard the message from Q, and just like always, I wanted to punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah. Q is definitely a great antagonist. That one, great antagonist. That Q, great antagonist. I guess we're we're both saying we're looking forward to continuing how continuing along with Picard to see where things go. We're we're pretty much in the same place. Um, I'll ask you, what characters 
are, are you most interested in seeing it where it goes? Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just completely here for Rafi and Seven. Not gonna lie. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think for me, I want to see what happens with Renee, and I, I want to see what choice Doctor Sung will make, and and how he will decide on making that choice. I'm really interested in the how, not so much the the what choice he makes. I want to see how he gets there. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about that for sure. But now it is time to talk about all of those trailers and teasers that came for Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Now, regular listeners of the podcast, regular listeners of the podcast will know that Heather and I have managed to temper our expectations for Strange New Worlds. I'm very hopeful. I, I'm I'm taking an optimistic point of view with Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Heather's been a little more <laughs> not as optimistic. So in the last week or so, the character featurettes have come out where we got introduced to the cast. Captain Pike, number one, young Spock as a lieutenant, Dr. Mbenga, Nurse Chapel, uh, Ortegas, uh, Lan Nunyan Singh, and did I miss anybody? Hammer! Ah, don't forget Hammer! 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 I, I absolutely did that on purpose. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Hammer. These were really good and really well produced. Uh, I, I really enjoyed them all. Uh, I, I'm gonna let you talk about which ones you liked the most, Heather. Tell me which ones you liked the most. Um, well, clearly I love Hemmer. <laughs> Hemmer is my new favorite Star Trek character, and I've only ever seen him in this tiny little featurette. But seriously, I am here for Hemmer. Um, I, I, I think it's just incredible that... I, I mean, I was excited when they first announced the character because I think it's incredible that they hired a legally blind actor to play an anar uh on the enterprise and to find out that he's the chief engineer was just so cool um he, he seems like he's such a a strong character with such a strong personality and he knows what his strengths and weaknesses are and he does not let the fact that he cannot see hold him back whatsoever and i am absolutely here for that uh, one of the things i got and i i i think this is a thread throughout all of the uh, character pieces so i want to say it, it's something that will probably play a big role in strange new world is that it really just seems like each of these characters will play a role in helping pike deal with his future and the fact that he knows his future and i loved the line in that trailer where hammer talks about the anar's uh, view on death and that they don't fear it and they just believe that it is something happened that that happens once they f fulfilled their purpose and uh it, like in 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 the thing ohura oh we forgot to mention ohura <laughs> <Uhura>. yeah <laughs> i knew there was one we would forget but 
Uhura mentions, uh, you know, what was your purpose and to fix what is broken that, that uh, it, it's very much an engineer answer, but it, it's such a, a life answer too, that as much as he's an engineer and he fixed things on the ship, like his, his purpose in life is to in general fix what is broken. And that could mean so many different things. And I just love I love everything about Hemmer. I cannot wait to see more of him. All right. Okay. There was something that I really picked up on with all of the featurettes for every character on this show. I feel like this is the first time for me that I see the Enterprise and I recognize that it is the flagship of Starfleet and for years, uh, the Enterprise was the flagship of Starfleet because they told us that it was the flagship of Starfleet. This might be the very first time after seeing all of these characters that it really feels like each one of these people are the very best at their profession. Uh, and they are on the Enterprise for a reason. And it really feels like for the first time, uh, maybe ever that it really just feels like these are the best of the best of Starfleet. And that's kind of cool. Uh, there was a, a confidence uh, in all of the characters. There was one character in particular that came off a little bit arrogant, which I didn't exactly love, but there was a confidence with every character that was like, we are the crew of the Starship Enterprise. We know what we're doing. We are the best Starfleet has to offer. So let's go out there and chart the stars. I think they're doing a really good job with presenting Strange New Worlds as something that is going to be exciting and fun and a little bit more lighthearted than the other series that have come along. I, you know, I would agree with that. I, I want to say the other takeaway I took from the character trailers um, was both Chapel and number one. Like anyone who listens to this knows I am a huge, huge fan of Majel Barrett. And like. Uh, and, and listeners of the show know that I'm a huge fan of Rebecca Romain. <laughs> but just. uh seeing both those characters that she portrayed really come to life with a new agency and fire to them um it it, it got me kind of emotional thinking about it because i i i mean she's not here anymore and <laughs> see there's crying aloud in star trek i'm going to start crying now but i would like to think that Majel would see both Jess Bush and Rebecca Romaine and just be so proud of what they are bringing to these two characters that she portrayed on screen because like they are giving a chance to give each of them new life and new agency and just be the complete fierce badass women that they were always meant to be and that Majel couldn't fully portray back in the 60s and it, it it's 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 really exciting to see like i i know everybody wants to rave about pike and spock or whatever but i i don't know i i just get really 
excited and and hyped up for that because I I think these women are so amazing um, and they're going to be incredible on this show. And I really can't wait to see that. I'm excited for the stories that they're going to tell and the adventures this crew is going to go on. I'll leave it at that. I I will leave it at that. Now, Heather, there's this thing happening (laughs) in upcoming business. Yeah. Star Trek Mission Chicago. At the McCormick Place in downtown Chicago, Illinois, this coming weekend, as we're recording this, this will be the convention that we've all been waiting for. There will be guests... There will be panels, there will be exhibitions, there will be Trekkies from all over the place, and now's the part where we get into our convention prep mode, Heather. Yes. I'll ask you first, how many conventions overall would you say you've been to? Uh, four. (laughs) All right, all right. I've been to more of those. I've been more than that. Um, but most of them have predominantly been in a different genre, anime. Uh, this one is going to be my very first Star Trek-specific convention, and I'm excited for that uh, because it's a franchise that I love and I grew up with. I think that it is going to be a little bit different from the anime cons that I've gone to, uh, and I've talked about this uh, in a couple of different ways. A lot of times, anime conventions will have activities that will go 24 hours or, or late into the evening. Uh, what I saw from the, from the, from the, I guess what I'm going to say, from the, what's the word I'm looking for? From the information of Mission Chicago, uh, everything is pretty much going to stop like right around 7 o'clock every evening over the weekend. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, it'll kind of temper off right around 7 o'clock in the evening. And from there, it'd be kind of, everyone would kind of be left to their own devices. That's that's the thing that I've been thinking about, Heather. I'm, I'm wondering... After the convention closes for the evening, uh, since you and I are both going to be there and a bunch of our friends are going to be there, what are we going to do in the evenings when there's no convention happenings going on? Well, I I, I mean, look, there, at, at least from what I understand in Vegas, like, it's kind of the same situation, like the official convention stops at seven or eight o'clock but there's a lot of people that host parties and get togethers and things like that going on after in the evenings um i haven't seen anything officially from anyone online yet uh but i can't imagine that we are just going that we're not going to have anything to do in the evening like that's that's just no that's not the case like that's the time where we can meet up, go out with people, go out to eat, go out to the bars. I know there's been talk online amongst uh, the LGBTQ Trekkies about going out to Boys Town, which is the um, LGBTQ area of Chicago. So does that mean does that mean I, I get to go take out the boys <laughs> and, and go on a bar crawl in Chicago? Yes. Can I do that? Yes. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure 
Like, we will not be just left there sitting in a hotel room at night. Like, no, there's going to be stuff to do with everyone who's there. So I, I, I'm fairly certain of that. All right. So I'm looking forward to getting in trouble with the boys this weekend. So I will have no regrets. The, the only regret I will have is not to, is to not have too much fun. Uh, Heather, have you taken a look at the schedule? On the Mission Chicago website, um, yeah, kind of. I am I am waiting for them to actually release their full schedule, like photo ops and autograph times and stuff, because I have pre-purchased stuff ahead of time before I really plan when, what panels, and when I'm going to go to things. But I, I've taken a glance at it. Yes, I have too. I, I am. I'm interested in the things that they have. Uh, a few of these are like the Wolf 359 Gaming. That might be interesting because there are some Star Trek games coming along that really have my attention. Uh, one of them being Star Trek Insurgents. Also, the panels and screenings, there'll be plenty of those. Uh, did you know that, uh, I'm sure you knew this, that uh, Kate Mulgrew will be having a book signing? Yes, yes. Uh my wallet is not big enough to get <laughs> a book sign, but I, I definitely uh, might attend her, her, her panel on that for sure. There's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot. I am hoping that more than anything, we get new stuff. I, I want to be in the theater when something is announced or we get a trailer or we get a clip of something because that's one of those things at conventions that... I've experienced only a couple of times. Uh, I have experienced it. It's pretty cool. But I especially want that with a franchise that I really love like Star Trek. I, I want to be there for something like that. Well, I would definitely say then do not miss the Strange New Worlds panel. And do not miss the Lower Decks panel. Because I know Mike McMahon already said that they are going to show a sneak peek of Season 3. Lower decks. I will be at the lower decks panel mostly for the improv comedy. Yeah, uh, mostly for the jokes. But if they show a trailer, that'll be great too. Uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I might be you know kind of uh, eating a, a four for four from Wendy's most of the weekend. <laughs> but but I'm excited to be there. I, I'm I'm looking forward to having a good time. Yes, I am just. Uh, I, I I'm 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 so excited. I'm I'm starting to get nervous already. I was actually planning to start packing uh, as soon as we were I, done I recording. Start, so I started packing this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did laundry I sure did. like right before we recorded, so now I I can start packing, and mm. I, uh, I I'm just I'm so ready uh, for anyone listening to this who will be at the convention. The Promenade headquarters is at the Hyatt Regency, and we will be posting pictures on the Prom Trek Pod page as to what you and I are wearing during the day. So you can run into us. You can get your own Promenade Merchants Podcast button, which we will be giving out. And I'm looking forward to meeting so many people. I really am. And yeah, you guys seem okay. You guys seem all right. <laughs> don't listen to david you can come find me if you don't want to talk to him it's okay yes please by all means say hi say hi 
I, I am I am extremely excited. I love gatherings like these because we will be around our people, Heather, and just that feeling of connection with others is is special. If you could bottle it up and sell it, you would be a billionaire. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm so excited to get that feeling again. And I've been saying for a little bit that Mission Chicago I've been to probably around 50 conventions in my life, but there are a few that really stand out to me. Um, Yomacon 2010, DragonCon 2013, uh, Anime Central 2012, which was also in Chicago, uh, and uh, ColossalCon in 2017, which is in Ohio. Uh, those are some conventions that I really remember as being special. Ones that were really significant and really had the most going on for me. There is something about Mission Chicago that I just feel is going to be very, very special. And it might be just because we're going to be meeting so many of these people that we've been talking with online for so long. And now we're going to be meeting them in the IRL. And that just feels so special. It really, really does. Yes, yes. I, I, I mean, I, I really, I don't want to start crying again because I'm going to get emotional. Um, but yeah. Okay. Now, now I'm, I'm. You're, you're in the box for two minutes. No more crying. <laughs> I, I just, it, it will be a very, very special weekend, and I look forward to seeing everyone there. Yeah. Yes, we are. We most certainly are. I, I am over the moon that I'm going to be hanging with so many Trekkies this weekend. I tried to convince my sister to go, but she she declined. But I will make sure that I, I'm I'm going to think of something I can get for my sister. I'll I'll look around and see if there's something I can get for her. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited, Heather. Uh, by the time we record again. We will have our Mission Chicago post-game show. And from experience in other podcasts, doing the pre-con podcast and the post-con podcast are a lot of fun. They're a lot, a lot of fun. And we hope to see you all there. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Promenade Merchants podcast. Uh, Heather? Let everybody know what else you've got going on and just run down the agenda for Mission Chicago one more time. Okay, so uh, like I said, you can find me online at NerdyGale33. You can follow the podcast at PromTrekPod. Uh, we will be posting pictures of our costumes and cosplays on the PromTrekPod account Every day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for Mission Chicago, so you will know how to find us. Uh, because I don't post my face online that much, folks. So you got to be able to spot and know what we look like. Uh, if you come find us at the con, we have buttons uh, that say Promenade Merchants Podcast. They come in command red or science blue, so you can even pick your choice of colors uh, just to give out to folks who find us. And like I said, we will be there all three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We will actually be in Chicago on Thursday night. So you can find us at the Hyatt Regency on Thursday night if you want. And uh, 
you know, it's going to be amazing. I am so excited that uh, I will get to meet some amazing actors and actresses who have portrayed uh, characters that I deeply love in Star Trek. So I'm super excited about that. I'm super excited to get to meet all of the rest of our Star Trek podcasting family, uh, the people who have guested on the show before, like my dear Zahia, Heather, we are actually meeting up yeah, she's okay. at the airport. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> she's all right. Our awesome friend of the podcast, Susie, will be there. Uh, yeah, she's all right. That, but that, I, I'm just going to mute you somehow if you go, you don't <laughs> knock it off. Uh, she has also guested on the podcast before. Uh, my dear friend, who is the one Trekkie I have actually met in person. I haven't even met David in person yet. Uh, but the one Trekkie I have actually met in person is Thad Hate, and he will be there. And I look forward to seeing him again. Uh, our awesome podcasting friends who ha- still have not yet been on the podcast, but we have been on their podcast, uh, Trek Geek Bill, Jim Morehouse. Uh, I, I, I'm just so excited to meet everyone. So I love you guys all, and I'm so thrilled to meet you. It's going to be amazing. Everything she said right there. And new people, new friends. If if I'm if I'm there and and you see me either at the bar or walking around, say hi. I, I'm really not that bad a guy. I'm just I just like to make jokes. I like jokes. But yes, hundred percent everything Heather just said there. I'm I'm beyond excited. And I guess that'll do. So thank you all for listening. You can find the Promenade Merchants podcast uh, wherever you get your podcast: Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You know the deal. Like, share, subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe, and unsubscribe and resubscribe. And we'd really appreciate it if you give us a positive review. We'd really appreciate that, especially if you're listening in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Give us a positive review. We'd really appreciate it. Hey, Heather, did you know we yeah. hit over 500 followers on Twitter? That's pretty freaking cool. I, yeah, I, I, we did. I, I, I'm just throwing it out there. Our little two-year-old yeah, podcast—we almost we're almost at 50 episodes, and we have over 500 followers on Twitter. So, thank you so much for following and listening to our ramblings and listening to me yell at David when he's an asshole. Okay. <laughs> and if you're so inclined, follow us at Prom Trek Pod on Twitter. Heather, I'll see you Thursday. I will see you on Thursday. Live long and censors.